Hello, happy Friday, church family. This is part three, or the last part of our study through Moses or Exodus chapter four, not Moses, the life of Moses in the time of Exodus. Um, if you recall, this last this whole week we talked about how God equips and makes ministry, and He does so by first giving us a direction. Um, he gives us a direction in terms of what we need to do. Uh, he expects us to live a certain way. He gives us directives and what uh, goals that he wants us to have. And this mainly, in our context, is to make disciples of all nations. We're called to be evangelists with the life that he's given us. And then we uh, that's the direction, that we are to um, win people to him. And then second, we learned about how God provides uh, in ministry. That he doesn't just give us the task without giving us the means uh, we know as New Testament believers that he gives us first forms the Holy Spirit. He, the Holy Spirit in, uh, works inside us. He gives us the right words to say. We won't, don't even know how to pray unless the Lord grants that to us. And uh, he gives us means through his word, through preaching, through gifts and resources. All the things that we have or that we're able to do in life um, for him is by him. Um, so whatever ministry that we are part of, the reason why we can do what we do is because God provides the opportunity as well as provides the, um, the ability and resources to do what he wants. Now we talk about how the, um, the, the Lord is very exacting, and that there's uh, God's exactness in terms of ministry. Um, we talked about how uh, this is really shown in the way that he wants to be worshipped in a very particular way. Uh, he wants us to um, run the church in a particular way. He gives us his word so that we know how to live a life that is according um, to uh, his standards and that our, our, all the things that we do is found in scripture. Uh, so that means that if we leave anything out, we do so because we are taking away from scripture. And if we add anything, we're adding to scripture. Um, and we can't do that. We live under his rule, under his sovereign. We are his subjects, and this is his church. We submit to his word. Um, it's a very simple thing that our world tends to uh, not understand, but as Christians and New Testament believers, we, we understand that, that God is exacting because he knows exactly what he wants to bring himself glory. And then, you know, this is all kind of just seeing the life of Moses, right? The first part when we talked about God's direction when, in chapter 4, Moses was given the task in terms of uh, these miracles. Like he's gonna, God told him, you're going to go you're gonna help help my people come out, and uh, he's going to do these different signs and wonders to show them that he is indeed um, the true God. And... Uh, and God provides for them before him, and Moses like doesn't isn't sure. He's second guessing himself. He wants God to choose someone else, and he helps uh, by sending him Aaron to go and be the mouthpiece for him. And then the exactness of God was that remember that weird, strange passage about how uh, the circumcision of his of of his son, uh, and you know that's just the way that God is. He wants his covenant people to have the covenant mark. Um, now we're reaching the end, and this is God's blessing in ministry. If you look at just the life. The, uh, the direction, the provision, exactness. We are consistent in terms of understanding where he wants us to do, um, trusting that the Lord provides uh, all things that we need for ministry and do exactly how he wants us to do things. And the, the natural result is that there's going to be blessing in ministry. And we'll see this at the very end from verse 27 to 31. It reads this, Now the Lord said to Aaron, Go to meet Moses in the wilderness. So he went up, he met him at the mountain, and God a uh, mount of God and kissed him. So it was interesting because early on, remember, uh, God said to Moses that you're going to go out 
and then Moses is going to be looking for you. And then we see uh, that that's how, that's how it works. God went to Aaron and said, go look for your brother. And then it happens. Um, God was going to bless them both um, because they were both listening to him. If Aaron didn't listen, uh, God, uh, Moses wouldn't have met, met up with his brother. And at the same time, if uh, God didn't tell Moses, hey, your brother's going to come, he, he wouldn't like see the faithfulness of the Lord and the, you know, he would doubt the God doubt God, but instead, you know, he God orchestrates providentially for them to meet. Remember, this sounds weird to us, because then we're thinking, well, yeah, it's just his brother, but they haven't seen each other for, like, four decades. If, I mean, there's, if you, I mean, like, have you ever seen those, like, missing posters of, like, you know, young people or whatever, like, they look different. You know, I just read, actually, a news article the other day where a guy found himself as an adult on a missing children's list. He, he just saw, hey, that's me. Um, you know, 40 years is a long time. So the fact that God is able to use Aaron uh, and Moses, they don't recognize each other, but he said, that's your brother, and they meet each other, and then they embrace. Verse uh, 28, Moses told Aaron all the words of, of the Lord, which was, which he had sent to sent him, and all the signs and wonder commanded him to do. And Moses and Aaron went and assembled all the elders of the sons of Israel. So they did exactly what God told them to do. They went. Uh, they saw each other. Uh, Moses told them everything that God expects of them, and they're you know basically like, okay, my role is to be like uh, God to me, and that I I give you an instruction, you talk to the people, and that's what they do. Um, verse thirty. And Aaron spoke all the words which the Lord had spoken to Moses. He then performed the signs in the sight of the people, so the people believed. And when they heard that the Lord was concerned about the sons of Israel and that he had seen their affliction, then they bowed low and worshipped and worshipped. What's really cool here is that this is, a, I mean, this is probably just a summary of what happened. I don't think it was happening like, like, ex, like the time, obviously, there was some sort of time lapse in between because um, he just sees a brother and he, they have to go back into Egypt and meet all the elders, assemble them all, telling them, and then he t tells them, hey, uh, we we're going to have to go and worship Yahweh. And then he does the signs, uh, all the signs that God has instructed them, they believe. And that's really cool that they believed and what was interesting is like they said they believed the signs they know that he's uh that he is the one true god but they said that they were that when they heard that yahweh was concerned about the sons of israel uh and, and their affliction like they realized that you know god loves them god cares for them the result of that is that they bowed and worship him you know people sometimes when they see the ministries of us of our church they may be oh they might they might be um grateful for it, but when they understand that the reason why we do what we do is because of a, is like god, you know god's means to show them love and that's and it makes them you know greater worshipers of god i think that's just how ministry is the more faithful we are uh, um, god blesses that god blesses ministries that um that follow god and who he is the um, ministries that are faithful to the lord um, often leads to blessings by God. And God wants our obedience. He really cares about um, how we obey and he blesses those that submit to his word. Um, when we look at the New Testament and um, the church grew and multiplied because uh, people followed what God uh, has instructed. Um, Jesus told the apostles to go and make disciples of all nations. They do that and then the Lord built this church. Um, even when it comes to church discipline, when uh, you know, Ananias and Sapphira, when they did not do what they set out to do, they were killed. And you think that that would be like 
cause they'll cause people to leave the church, but rather it grew. The church grew. The holiness and the doctrinal clarity that they had um, was what uh, made the church grow. Because God's honored when we have um, a clear understanding of His Word, uh, and we can articulate that, and we also live those things out. And you know, when we think about you know church history. Sometimes the things that we learn in church history is that the greatest movements in church history, like the Great, great Awakening, it really is uh, is those two. Is that when you have true and good, if you understand doctrine, there's a doctrinal clarity about life and also godly living. You know what makes a revival is is those two. You need both of them. You can't have a revival when it's only people that claim to be godly, but there's no doctrine. And at the same time, you can't have revivals when there's a lot of doctrine, but no godly living. I think our generation at this time, we tend to lean toward that second category. We, we, uh, we know a lot about God. We have a lot of resources in our study, in, you know, studying study Bibles and commentaries and resources and all of that. But sometimes that doesn't translate into holy living. Uh, and we wonder how come, you know, why is our evangelism not effective? Why aren't people interested in Jesus Christ as a culture? And it's because usually the Christians are lacking one or the other. They either lack doctrinal clarity and conviction so that they can't even articulate truth, or they lack holy living uh, so they become, you know, not like a light to the world. Um, and I do believe if you and I want um, our city and people to know Jesus Christ, we need both. We need doctrinal clarity in our life, and, and that clarity of Scripture uh, should should impact the way that we live, and we should be we should live differently. God wants us to obey Him. If you and if we want God to bless us and in our ministry, we must do exactly what God commands. And again, this is like the human responsibility in our life, right? Like we trust God's sovereign in drawing people to Him, but that doesn't negate the fact that we too have to be faithful um, in the things that He tells us to do. Like you know, the Bible tells us that we need to be bold in our evangelism, and if we're not bold in our evangelism, we can't expect people to be converted. Um, if we're not praying for people, if we're not praying for you know the lost or people in our life you can't don't expect any prayers to be answered um if if you don't forgive people in the church don't expect to be unity in the church you know these are all expectations that are in scripture these are those commands in scripture and um we can't expect to, the lord to bless us if we don't do the things that god uh, tells us to do if you want our your ministry your personal ministry to whoever to be fruitful and be blessed by god you must do what god expects of you so ask yourself this weekend, uh, after hearing this, what areas in your life that you need to uh, be more faithful to the Lord in so that you can be blessed by God? Uh, not so for the sake of your own glory, but so that God can be made known so that people can know Him and for His glory. Uh, if you are faithful, if you and I are faithful in the way that we live, God will bless the ministry that we are at here in San Francisco. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. I hope that this was helpful. Take care and have a good weekend.